This won't end well for Illinois. Here's a three. It ended well. McCourt for the win. In the air. It is up. And it is good. Fourth and 16. Pressure comes. And Matt Orbebe with the ball in the air. Makes the catch. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oski Talk. My name is Anthony Pasquale with Patrick Hadizone, and we are in front of a live studio audience here at the Evans Scholars House. A lot to get into, Illinois basketball, some good, some bad. So we'll get right into it with the front page. So going back to last week, Illinois and Maryland played at Maryland. Illinois coming off the really tough loss to Purdue. You go into this Maryland game without Kofi Coburn, who missed with a concussion, Looking back at the tape from the Purdue game, you can almost guarantee that concussion came from a Zach Eady elbow. Big Ten did nothing to address that. Uh, that's a little bit concerning to me. But they go into that game. They had some leads, um, had a, a nice shooting start to start the second half. Alfonso Plummer at 18, Trent Frazier at 13, Jacob Granison got back into his groove with 14. But you lose 81-65, to 65, a 16-point loss to a Maryland team who before that game was at 500, regardless, Kofi or not, not a good loss. Yeah, not a good loss at all. Um, uh, that I think felt, felt like that score was a little bit not telling because it was a four-point game um, for a good good majority of that end there. It was. Um, but bad game from the Illini. Um, just all around, I, I, they couldn't – It. I mean, Dante Scott went off, like really went off, and like – I, I will say this, like, you know, BBV played great in the game against Purdue, played great guarding um, both the centers, um, but he did bad job guarding him this, this one. You can't have only one rebound as a starting center yeah. in college basketball. And, uh, you know, he's a great rebounder. We all think that. And he's a great um, – and, and then, okay, we talked about it too, previewing that game. You know, when Kofi's in foul trouble – it's BBV, it's also Omar Payne, and it's Coleman Hawkins that can step up. They combined for four rebounds, those three players. Yeah. and no, It's not just that BBV didn't step up, nobody stepped up. Yeah, uh, and I agree with that. Uh, a plumber was good, and he was on fire. He was, he was hitting pretty much everything until that end there. Um, DeMonte just didn't play. Like, he just offensively did not contribute in this game. I mean, six assists starter, is solid. Yeah. But one point? Yeah. He has to contribute more offensively. Um in terms of points, because you need points to win the game. Um, Granson kind of <laughs> was better, right? <laughs> he like, was, yeah. Uh, you know, we talked to Brad today at the media, and he said uh, Jacob Granison more than anybody on this team, is a creature of habit and a creature of routine, and he was shooting the ball as good as Alfonso before the COVID break, and then once they couldn't get in the gym for 10, 11 days, he's, he kind of struggled the next few games shooting, but... I think he made four threes against Maryland. He finally got the stroke back a little bit. Um, and and that third score without Kofi, you get Alfonso and you get Trent and Grandison, that's helpful for Illinois. And, you know, Grandison's minutes have been the most affected by Andre Curbelo coming back so far. Um, it it kind of seemed like 
Late in that Purdue game, they would sub in Curbelo for offense, take him out and put in Grandison for defense. DeMonte, too, his minutes have been affected a little bit. Um, but Curbelo was sick. He only played 14 yeah. minutes. He had the flu. He didn't practice yesterday also because of that flu. So Jacob got back to his normal starting minutes, 14 points. Nice to see with a shooter like him, all he needs is to just see it go in. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do that. So I'd expect him to continue to provide that 10 to 15 um either off the bench or in the starting lineup to kind of be secondary to Plummer or Frazier and Coburn and Curbelo. This team is deep when Jacob Grandison is making shots. Yeah, and, and I, I want to say this too, back to the defense. I, I just vehemently disagree with putting in BBV over Omar Payne down the stretch there. It was clear BBV was struggling um, when, when when Dante Scott was like switched to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think Payne and, – and, and, Payne's I think, good enough at rotating over and potentially getting a block on Dante. Like I, I did not agree with him not being in the game towards the end there. So that I felt like that's what kind of gave the, the game away. Now everyone loves BBV and, and the effort he's put in the last couple of games, but putting the better player there, even even a guy in a hot streak, like I, I would still go with the better player on that one. But yeah, and especially because Verdonk wasn't really on a hot streak in this game. Like I understand rewarding him for the tough minutes he played against Purdue with the start against Maryland. But if he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it. There's no reason to keep him in. Um, so I would have liked to see Payne more down the stretch. I think he brings a little bit more defensively, at least in terms of shot blocking. Um, but they didn't. And you could tell with the absence of Coburn and Trent only practicing for a shoot-around before that game because he was hurt against Purdue and Curbelo with the flu. They were just very shorthanded and kind of lacked energy. And without Kofi being able to get every rebound, when you lack energy, you're going to lose on the glass. And for the most part in the Big Ten, if you lose on the glass, you're going to lose the game. Um, so not a good loss. But what Brad said today to the media is that everybody in that game came the next day on an off day and got in the gym. Mm-hmm. Whether it was taking some shots, getting a lift in, um, or just watching relentless film of that Maryland game and scouting Michigan State, they, they did not take that loss lightly and they were going to be ready for the Spartans, and, and that's who's up next. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, definitely move on from this game. When you, when you look at MSU. Um, they're good. They're good, and they're good all over. Top that's, 10 in the country. Um, Brad said today they've got nine guys that could come at you. Um, yep. So they're very deep. Um, very. The, the challenging thing, and, and just, this is what Jacob Grandison did, said too today, is that Michigan State kind of had – the, the reputation of the scrappiest, toughest team in the Big Ten. And then over the last few years, Illinois has kind of taken that mantra away from them to other Big Ten teams. But when the two play each other, it is very physical. Yeah, uh, It's the game Io broke his nose in last year, and Jacob said they didn't forget that. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> um, they, they know it's going to be physical, a lot of fouls, probably pretty low scoring, choppy, maybe even chippy. But this Illinois team kind of needs a win, and no better team to beat than Tom Izzo on the road. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, everything you said there. Um, in terms of roster, you know, like Brad said, you can get it from anywhere. Um, Gabe Brown uh, leads this team in scoring. Um, he's not even the guy I'm most worried about. Yeah, he's not. He's been on this team for a while. Um, nothing new. I think for uh, me, the two guys I'm most scared of are Malik Hall and Tyson Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, just the level of quickness from Walker. I believe he's a freshman, right? 
um, averaging nope. five assists a game, but also no, he's a junior. He's been oh, is he? Okay, yeah. um, but he can shoot the lights out of it for sure. Fifty-five percent from three, so he's shooting phenomenally this season. Definitely keep an eye on him. And then Malik Hall also shooting fifty-six percent from three, sixty percent from the field. So he's he's a guy that could go off. Um, so keeping an eye on those two guys, you like to have a healthy Trent and a healthy Alphon or uh, Andre Curbelo in this game. I don't know if you will have it, but those are two guys that can certainly help both defensively and offensively to kind of mm-hmm. counteract those two guys. Yeah, I, I, the guy I'm most afraid of because we haven't seen him yet and we don't know what he's going to do is, is Action Heights' very own Max Christie um, or Rolling Meadows, whichever one you want to um, consider him under. But, <laughs> um, Christie, obviously from Arlington Heights, went to Rolling Meadows, is a guy that I, I really think that he's he's – when you when you have a guy like him, a, a big long guard, especially from the state of Illinois, they're gonna want to play Illinois really well. Um, the other player that's big and long doesn't play guard, but is from Illinois and loves to beat the crap out of Illinois is uh, E.J. Liddell. So I'm, <laughs> I'm curious what Max Christie brings to the game. Um, a pretty great shooter, um, a guy I really would would have loved to see in orange and blue, but it was it was pretty apparent that MSU was gonna win that battle. Um, a guy that can shoot the three fairly well. Um, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he brings this game. And uh, the other guy, too, I, I love shouting him out, is, is Joey Hauser. Um, as a Marquette fan as well, um, which shout out to Marquette. He's got a brother, too, right? Hauser? Yeah, he had. Uh, one of them went to Virginia, one of them went to Michigan State after Marquette. Yes, I'm, I want to say you're right. Um, I don't know the brother's name, but yeah, the Housers. The Housers are good. Um, I'm curious to see how he fits in the mix against this Illinois team. He's the one who killed us last year. Yeah, He made those two threes late after Io got hurt that just really put him away. Yeah, I'm curious where, like, because I don't know, like, who we have guarding him. Um, or who's going to be available. And, like, A lot of question marks. Based off of this last game, this Maryland game where Dante Scott took control of the yeah, game and 25 won 25 points. It makes me nervous that Hauser could do the exact same thing. Um, yeah, and, and it, like you look at him um, on this Michigan State team, and he's not even top five in minutes played. Like yeah. that guy comes off the bench, he might be their seventh or eighth option, and he's a guy that you're worried about stealing the game for them. So I think depth is the biggest concern, and it's not really something Illinois has. They haven't played a full game with Kofi Coburn and Andre Curbelo both healthy or available. Obviously, Coburn missed the first three games suspended. Right around when he returned is when Curbelo started playing less minutes because of his concussion and then sat out almost two months. And he comes back in the game that Kofi fouls out. His second game back, Kofi doesn't play with a concussion. So we don't truly know how deep this team is or how good they can be. Um, and we don't know who's going to be available tomorrow. Curbelo's got the flu. Frazier's nursing an injury. Uh, Coburn has a concussion. Your three best players' status is kind of in question. Frazier will play for sure. The other two, kind of in question, and against probably the deepest team in the, the Big Ten, that could be a little concerning. It is. It's very concerning, and I'm curious if Kofi's ready to go because um, you know this team, like you said, they have a lot of length to them. Um but not necessarily the size. Uh, Marcus Bingham, obviously, he's he's a huge guy. He's seven foot, um, but doesn't really play like too much like a big. Yeah, Kofi's got like sixty pounds on him, despite the same height. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, he plays more like a stretch four forward guy. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, if I really hope Kofi is back for this team. Me too. Uh, the Illini definitely need him. And if he's not, it's tough. I, it's, I told you before the uh, podcast started, Illinois needs to win two of the next three. And yeah, that's really want to get the first two. Yeah, for those listening, it's Michigan State at home. They're currently ranked 10. Illinois was ranked 17 last week. Two losses dropped to 24. They're still ranked, though. Um, and then unranked game at Northwestern on Saturday. And then home game against Wisconsin next week. They're ranked, I think, 11, Wisconsin. So they're also in the top 25 and probably will be when they play. You'd love to get those two quad one wins, too. Illinois stacked up quad win quad one wins last year. They didn't have that many this year. I don't think they have one so far this year. They lost to Arizona, lost to Purdue. Yeah, Marquette might be a, a quad one loss. Quad one loss. Now. So Purdue. Yeah, we've got three quad one losses, but you got to get some quad one wins for the tournament. Currently projected as a five seed. That's obviously two months two months away. So we'll get into that later. But let's do score predictions, Pat. Um, give me two. One assuming Kofi plays and one assuming he doesn't. Yeah, well, I was looking at the odds today because I felt like if anyone knows if Kofi's playing, it's probably Vegas, right? <laughs> and oddly enough, Vegas has Illinois five and a half. Whoa. Isn't that, isn't that, that's weird. That's absurd if Kofi's out. So, right. okay, guys, that, Kofi's that playing, Vegas moving. said it first. <laughs> right, Vegas Vegas has us winning or having has Kofi coming back, which would be insane. Um if Kofi's back, we win this game. Yeah, if Kofi's back, I think we win 75-70. Um, I'll still still take MSU in the spread, but um, you need Kofi. If Kofi's not in this game, it's probably an 80-65 loss. 80, oh, wow, 15 points? Yeah, I just don't. Okay. It's hard to say because it's a home game, but I, I just think that just the way the team's trending without Kofi, yeah. it won't look good. Um, I will take, um, if Kofi plays Illinois... 69 to 62. Um, I think it's still going to be low scoring just because these two teams really like to battle. Um, and then if, let's say, Kofi doesn't play, I think Illinois still might win, but it's going to be really ugly, like a 62 59 game. Um, so th- that's my prediction there. Um, yeah, a lot of it will depend on Kofi, but I think this is a game that Illinois needs. And they'll come out very motivated, very energized after completely lacking it at Maryland last week. Mm-hmm. Five and a half spread. I, I mean, I can't, cannot believe that. Yeah, neither can I. So. Uh, is there any football things we're missing? Another recruit, uh, Matthew Bailey. I don't have a whole lot to say about him. Um, I will say this, though. Uh, it comes from a winning program, which is always important. Um, he was a wide receiver, but he's listed as an athlete, so curious where they will yeah. see him playing. But um, this was kind of a little bit of a – he's a two-star on 24-7. Um, I'm curious if his ranking will go up a little bit in this offseason. Um, but he's a guy who has, uh, you know, maybe some potential. I, I, I'm curious how this move ended up, if they're just trying to stack or, or gain some trust maybe in the Moline pro, because uh, he's from Moline High School, in the Moline program. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what Illinois could do with them. And uh, another in-state recruit in the books, that's pretty good. Yeah, also, 
Um, speaking of in-state, former offensive coordinator Tony Peterson will now be calling plays for Illinois State. So he's not going too far, only about 40 minutes away. Yeah, it's kind of a downgrade. It's a downgrade. It's a huge downgrade. But <laughs> at least he's still calling plays. Yeah, he's still calling plays in Illinois. So we'll see. He's got a chance to get up again. Yeah, we'll, see. we'll keep an eye on that and the rest of recruiting. Um, but we will be here to recap the Michigan State-Illinois game later this week and preview that contest against Northwestern on Saturday. But for now, thank you guys for listening. For Patrick, I'm Anthony, ILL. I and I.